happy Monday. You are listening to the Tar Devils Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, where we talk Duke, UNC, ACC basketball. And welcome into episode 15 of the Tar Devils Podcast. My name is Tyler Rizzieri, the objective Duke Blue Devil fan in this duo, debating my good friend John Bowman. And UNC fan, John, you have some gloating rights today. We'll get into that a little bit later. How are you doing? This is my favorite podcast episode ever to record. It was fun the first time, but the second time, second time we've had this conversation after a UNC Duke game, possibly the third. We'll have a third game in the ACC tournament. Who knows the way this season is going, but a very exciting podcast to record. You'll hear that during our live segment on the locker room app last night after the game, after UNC defeated Duke. Tyler and I jumped on the locker room app to, to discuss the game live. We went over the box score. We went over what exactly happened in that game. And we also talked a little bit about UNC and Duke's seasons on the whole. So let's jump into that live segment on the locker room app. We are live following UNC's 91-73 victory over Duke. We are starting the live show of the Tar Devils pod here to react live to the big win. Uh, I am John Bowman. I am one half of the Tar Devils pod. The other half, Tyler Raziri, is here. Tyler, how are you doing? What's up, John? Well, I would rather watch a what is it, eighteen point loss than a you know one pos- one possession loss like last time. So uh, at this point of the year, I have accepted how much Duke sucks this year, and uh, you know it's it was a game where I accepted this defeat probably an hour ago. So you know, not as heartbreaking as last time, Tyler. Forget an 18-point loss. At this point, you would rather watch an 18-wheeler run over your entire house because it's been <laughs> two painful losses for the Duke Blue Devils. They now sit. You're now 11-11 on the season, 9-9 nine and nine in ACC play. Yep. I don't think anybody expected that coming into the season, yep. but it's the reality of where we're at. I'm going to run through the box score briefly just to get a couple of the highlights, and then we'll jump into some of our discussion, Tyler. Okay. So the Tar Heels were led by Armando Baycott, who had 18 points, Caleb Love, who had 18 points, and Kerwin Walton, who had 18 points. So three Tar Heels almost reached 20 points tonight. Garrison Brooks also had an amazing senior night. He had 14 points. He made two three-pointers, which never happens. <laughs> uh, amazing night for Brooks, 14 <laughs> points, yes. <laughs> hey, that's the way his season is gone. That's true. Uh, for Duke, uh, you were led inside. Mark Williams played pretty well. He had 18 points, um, but just not enough. There was not enough three-point shooting to keep you all afloat. Duke shot 5 of 27 from the three-point line, uh, 18.5%. And, and really, Tyler, as you alluded to, the game was never close. UNC jumped out to an early lead. They were up 42 to 26 at halftime. And then just sort of they coached. John, I think there was like eight minutes left in the game or something. Duke had like 
in the first half or so. Duke get like six points. How the hell did Duke get to 73? I'm trying yeah. to figure that out. Well, what's funny is UNC only won the second half by two points, and some of those came Duke, in garbage well, Duke, time when everyone else had Duke started. knocked UNC back to start that with the press. I think that was pretty effective. Yeah. You can't go down 16 yeah. points at half and and expect to turn it around when we don't have star Yeah. So, Tyler, what went wrong for Duke tonight? Um, well, UNC, that's kind of the defensive pressure we thought UNC would be able to provide, you know, kind of from the start of the season. And we haven't really seen her. At least it hasn't been consistent. But UNC played defense like Florida State played defense against UNC just last week. And you jumped out in every passing lane. And the Duke guards are very young. And they've had a lot of issues the last two weeks against Louisville guards that are older and bigger, against the Georgia Tech guards did the same thing, and now the UNC guards did the same thing. And these little freshman guards just can't really handle that pressure. It took, like, at least half the shot clock to even get into any action because we're being pushed out to half court. And so, I mean, Duke was just soft. Like, you can't – the guards aren't playing well, and then Matt – Hurt is airballing shots. Joey Baker comes in, throws it off the other corner of the backboard on a wide open three. Goldwire has these times where if it's a big moment, he panics. Like it happens a lot at the end of games. And it started this game, he was just fumbling the ball around too. Duke just turned it over like 10 times in the first 10 minutes. And, you know, that was the rest of the game was over. Yeah, absolutely. I think you made a good point there about. UNC's defense. This was a really impressive defensive performance. They did a good job against some of Duke's best players. Um, And and you're right. I think we saw uh, in some ways UNC had better rim protection than they had at other points this season. For example, tonight they had 11 blocks. Um, I think that really showed up uh, tonight. Um, And then they also held Matthew Hurt. He was 6 of 16 from the field. Matthew Hurt held himself to that. He had wide open looks, and he just missed every one of them. Yeah. He, it was definitely not his best night. He's, he's been really hot in the last few games, and he did not show up tonight. He's barely all. touched. He's barely grazing rim on wide open shots. So uh, when he doesn't play well, Duke doesn't play well. That's basically how it goes. Something that I thought was interesting was Coach K se- still seems to not have a handle on the team. Um, and I say that because Patrick DePay is getting minutes. And Patrick DePay is a classic guy who is three times the size. Like if you're playing pickup basketball and you're choosing captains and you're coming down to the last pick, Patrick DePay is the guy that's three times bigger than everyone but it's always last pick. That's who he reminds me of. And he gets in the game and he just like fumbles the ball. He's slow. Turns it over, misses his layups. Then I'm just I don't know why Henry Coleman doesn't take those minutes. I thought Coleman played well. Jamin Brakefield is getting more minutes, which everyone called for, but he looks like incompetent on the floor at most most of the game and most of the last few weeks. He has he can't hit a shot, and on defense he's just lost. Doesn't hustle very hard. I thought there was a mini Duke run in the second half when Duke cut it to about twelve, and Jamin Brakefield single handedly killed that he shot some stupid ill-advised three that he bricked and it's a long rebound so ended up with three in transition for Kerwin Walton which Walton hits but he doesn't miss those so it's not surprising 
And then Brakefield turned it over right after. And I was like, well, whatever momentum we had is crushed there. And just interesting that this late in the season, literally the last game of the season, K can't even find a consistent rotation off the bench. Yeah, I think that the other key thing for North Carolina was they shot the ball well enough from the three-point line. They were 8 of 18 from, from three that they had some timely threes in the second half that shut down some of those Duke runs as well. And a big part of that was Kerwin Walton. Again, this kid, he's a freshman. He wasn't that highly recruited, but he showed up tonight, 18 points, four of seven from the three. Um, UNC also shot the ball well from the free throw line, so they were able to sort of get some free throws in the second half, keep the lead. Um, But this game, as we've talked about already, it was set in the first four minutes, first eight minutes. I think – the biggest thing for me for UNC was they came out right from the jump and they were attacking the post in the first four minutes. And they got away from that as the game went on. But that really did set the tone that UNC was going to try to dominate this game physically on the inside, use some of their advantages with, with their big guys inside and, and get those easy baskets. I think that set the tone for the night. Uh, it got hurt and, uh, and um, Mark Williams some early fouls as well, which I think Uh, helped the Tar Heels both hurt and Mark Williams ended up with four fouls each so that was something that they were thinking about throughout the night a lot of that was garbage time fouls I didn't think they were really in foul trouble most of the game but because they had each of them had picked up an early foul K did sit them early yeah yeah and that and that matters that was a huge factor of course in the first game and it, it I think it didn't allow Matthew Hurt to get into a good rhythm because we know he's an electric scorer but instead tonight he finished with just 14 points. Next up for both of these teams, of course, is the ACC tournament. It's going to be fascinating to see how all of that plays out. Um, there'll be lots more time to discuss that uh, in our segments in the Tar Devils pod this week. But Tyler, what's your initial impressions? How do you think this Duke team can do in the ACC tournament? Um, so Duke is a 10 seed. I think they'll I mean, they played Boston College. I didn't even know Boston College started a team this year. They were out for a while with COVID, and then during that, they fired their coach midseason, which you can see in the NBA, but that almost never happens in college basketball. But Boston College, nevertheless, should be a fairly easy win. Then they play Louisville. I'm going to go on a limb. It's it's in Greensboro. Duke's going to have a push from a crowd for the first time this season and I think that maybe will help against Louisville and then I think Syracuse is going to blow the brakes off this team so I think Duke's Duke plays Tuesday against Boston College I believe Wednesday against Louisville and their season will end Thursday and then they'll go to the NIT and you know see probably lose <laughs> lose in the final four so UNC had in 2010 when Duke won it all lost in the finals in the NIT wouldn't that be embarrassing to repeat but the other way around um. I don't even know if Duke will take an NIT bid, to be honest. I would usually say no, but the only thing is these kids have tried their ass off. These busted their ass are just not as good as the other teams. If these, if this was a team that was super talented and had quit on the and quit and like they did against Miami early in the season, I I would tend to agree with you. But um, I don't know if it's I want. I, I guess it would be up to them. Do they feel like? It's beneath them to do it, which it's not. But I don't know. I think uh, since these guys haven't quit, they fought their ass off all season. They've really tried. They lost like seven seven or eight games by one possession. That was the first game that 
Duke lost in conference play by more than seven points. So it's been a tough season, but they've been fighting. So I, I wouldn't be upset. if. Yeah, it's going to be definitely interesting to see from, from the North Carolina side. UNC is the sixth seed in the ACC tournament next week. They will play the winner of Notre Dame and Wake Forest on Wednesday at 9 p.m. in Greensboro. So that'll be an interesting game. I think UNC will be a heavy favorite in that game, uh, Notre Dame or Wake Forest. Neither of those teams are particularly strong this season. And then from there, I mean, the way UNC played tonight, the way they played against Florida State, the way they played against Louisville, if they play like that, they're as good as any team in this conference. We've talked all season long about how the fact that the ACC doesn't have that strong of a – it doesn't have a top dog this season. There's some good teams in this conference, but it's not as strong as it's been in other years. So, you know, heading into the ACC tournament, the, the field is really wide open. And North Carolina, if they play like they did tonight, is going to have a chance in that tournament. It's going to be really interesting to watch. How many times have we said this about UNC, John? They look super good at home, and we say, have they turned the corner? And then the next game they lay an egg. So I want to be surprised if they get an early exit in the ACC tournament, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Two, two of UNC's best wins this season have been at home with fans. Uh, I guess you could say, from a positive perspective, the ACC tournament is in Greensboro, so UNC will also have some sort of supporters, some sort of home court boost there as well. But you're right, when they have to go on the road in the NCAA tournament without any sort of crowd boost there, I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Tyler, uh, we've been live here for a few minutes. Uh, I want your kind of takeaway from Duke's regular season. The regular season is wrapped up for the Blue Devils. Um, there, we've kind of said all we can say about tonight's UNC Duke game. But what's your takeaways from the Duke regular season? Uh, disappointing. I think that is, you know, the big <laughs> – that's really the only word you need to describe this Duke team team that was picked to win the ACC finishes in 10th place on a weird year with a bunch of cancellations. As I mentioned earlier, all these close losses, I mean, you win half of those, you're looking at having a bid for a top four seed and a double buy into the ACC tournament. But instead, they lose almost all of their one possession close games. I think they beat Wake Forest early in the season um, and then UVA. And other than that, all their close one possession games on the stretch they lost with seven or eight of them. So just dis- disappointing, but listen, patience is key. This team next year, as I've said, probably preseason number one, elite recruiting class. This team was a high rec- – they had a high recruiting class this year, highly ranked recruiting class, but the players are not – they don't have NBA size like a lot of the players coming in next year. So, you know – we're going to uh, take this as a little rebuilding year, have some players come back next year, get Paolo Banchero, A.J. Griffin, hopefully Pat Baldwin Jr. comes, and Duke will open next year as number one team in the country and probably the title favorite. So back to normal season. Yeah, and, and from the North Carolina perspective, UNC is going to finish the regular season at 16-9. and nine. They're going to be 10-6 and six in ACC play. A roller clo- roller coaster season. It's going to be defined by the inconsistent play, some great wins, some bad losses. But here's the thing: UNC has the opportunity now to set its own path forward because they're just as talented. I mean, we saw it tonight. They're just as talented as any team in the ACC. 
So they're going to give a lot of teams a run for the money, run for their money in the conference tournament. And then from there, it looks like tonight's win secured them a bid in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, anything can happen in March Madness. We know that UNC is not used to playing as a low seed in March Madness, but they're going to be a tough team. I, I guarantee nobody's going to want to play UNC. You sound like Cole Anthony. Are you all a top 10 team right now? We are We are going to be a top a, a 10 seed. I don't know if that counts for anything. Hey, wouldn't it be ironic after you saying that if you get blown out by 30 to Q's? It, hey, it could game. happen. Back to it back years. <laughs> UNC you know, already one, lost to Q's this week. So, yeah. John, one, one thing I want to mention is uh, it wasn't too long ago everyone said is Duke better without Jalen Johnson. And now clearly – Clearly, they're missing him. Yes, that's a great point. I think that his name didn't come up on the broadcast tonight. He's kind of just been pushed to the back of every Dukes fan memory. But I think they definitely could have used him uh, tonight. I mean, it was only like two weeks ago they said that. Then Duke lost two overtime games, gets blown out against UNC. And you see that Duke clearly can't create mismatches anymore without him. So it's just interesting that no one mentions that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about this on tomorrow's recording of the Tar Devils pod. It'll be out on Monday as usual. We're going to do a special episode previewing the ACC tournament. And then after that, we'll see. Uh, Tyler, you're going to have to join the podcast when we're talking about the NCAA tournament. And I'm going to call in sick. This may be the first year <laughs> in my life I've never put out a, a bracket. I can't believe You know, it's funny. I usually am super up to date with all the top – 25 teams and I'm looking to see who's a who's a threat um to beat Duke in the tournament and this year I I know the top heavy teams and I'm looking at the bubble I never care about the bubble when I was in the past when I've seen teams on the bubble I'm like they suck anyway who cares about the news they're gonna be out of the tournament soon and that was Duke this year yeah Tyler your number one tab these next two weeks is going to be the NIT bracket we got to get you uh, NIT bracket projections. Duke's the number one seed, so it's just so embarrassing. That. How the hell did last year's season get canceled? I'm so I'm still upset about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the one year anniversary of all all that stuff. But Tyler, thanks for joining us tonight on the live segment of the Tar Devils Pod. Thanks everyone as well who's listening live in the room. So twice in a row, we've had to do this locker room app, in which. I was defeated, and, you know, maybe next year it, my luck changes. But this year, not not a, not a fun fun thing to do for me. Um, and I was born in 1997. This is going to be the first year Duke doesn't make the tournament, and it's the first year we do the podcast. Just my luck, right? <laughs> but like I said, we'll be patient. We'll be back, be back next year. All right, so for this segment, we want to preview, not preview, recap a lot of what happened to ACC overall for the regular season, and then we'll go in um, and look at the ACC bracket for the tournament and, and uh, make our pick. So, John, quick reflection on the ACC um, regular season. Yeah, I think it was a weird year for the ACC just in general. We've talked from the start of the year about how uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels, the Duke Blue Devils, they're not as strong as they've been historically. We talked about how Virginia, even they aren't as strong as they have been. And there was no real star power in this conference compared to other conferences around the country. 
and that was reflected in the fact that no ACC players was named among the finalists for the Wooden Award, which um, can't happen often. I'm not sure off the top of my head when the last time that happened was, but it's got to be a while. So you look at this uh, conference, there were you know, a handful of teams. Uh, I believe there were six teams that finished with more than 15 wins overall. Actually, that might be uh, seven teams when you include Syracuse. But no teams got to 20 wins in the pandemic-shortened season. Instead, there's a lot of good teams and a lot of teams that have a chance in the ACC tournament. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But it was definitely a weird conference season, one that we'll never forget with all these pandemic pauses and all the stops and starts. But they got through the conference season, and now it's time for the tournament. Tyler, what are your reflections from this ACC regular season? Yeah, I think it kind of went how we thought it would go after the first month. If you remember one of the early podcast episodes, we kind of switched our picks for the ACC. Um, I went with Florida State. Florida State blew it. They had a 98% chance during the last week to win the, to win the ACC. They lost to UNC. They lost to, to Notre Dame and blew their chance. And uh, actually had the same number of losses as Virginia, but Virginia played two more games because of these weird cancellations. Virginia had a, a game on them and won the uh, regular season outright. So Virginia wins. The first, they're the first seed. Um, Florida State, who I picked after a month, they blew it. But my team, Georgia Tech, John, man, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the team, but I like John Pasternak or something like that. I forget his name, last name. But Georgia Josh Tech, Pasternak. Yeah. Pasternak. Done a really good job with this team, and look at them with the double bye in the tournament, fourth seed in the ACC. So good for Georgia Tech. There's really um, old team, senior led, and so they're going to be pretty bad the next coming years. But this is their year that all the seniors actually care. It's their last hurrah. So they've done a good job. Um, UNC and Duke, like I thought, would finish middle of the pack. Duke actually finished lower than I thought, but they had seven losses by. The seven or eight losses within seven points, so that season easily could have been flipped, but nevertheless, they're the 10th seed. Um, like I said on the locker room, just a disappointed season for the Blue Devils. I think it's an on-par one for how UNC expected things to go. Uh, and then UVA, a team that's not that great, That we, well, we don't think that's typically a great team this year, but their seniors are getting it done, and Tony Bennett's coaching well, so... Congrats to UVA on being the ACC regular season champs. Yeah, absolutely. We should give a shout out as well. Jay Huff uh, is up there. Looks like he might win uh, ACC Player of the Year. Possibly him, possibly Moses Wright, a senior at Georgia Tech. Um, and then Sam Hauser is another guy from Virginia who's in contention for ACC Player of the Year. So we'll see how those awards shake out we also Interesting that, that those are the guys when matt Ert has better numbers across the board than all of them but when you're the 10th team and you're a losing team you're yeah. not going to be in consideration yeah absolutely let's walk through the bracket a little bit i want to give our listeners if you haven't had the chance to look at the acc tournament bracket yet here's a quick rundown and then tyler and i will talk through uh what we're excited for for the acc tournament so the first round starts on Tuesday, March 9th. These games are all being played in Greensboro. And there are fans who are going to be able to attend. I looked it up right before the podcast. 
uh, 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 tickets to, if you wanted to buy a ticket book to all of the games in the tournament, it would set you back about $800. And you have to buy them in packs of two. So I don't know if that's a good value pick this year because uh, you probably can't resell them. But if you wanted to buy tickets, that's how you do it. The exciting matchup on the first day of the tournament is probably 10th-seeded Duke against 15th-seeded Boston College. That's probably the, the biggest game. It's a game that Duke is expected to win. That game is Tuesday at 4.30. The second round begins on Wednesday. Uh, the 8-9 matchup is Syracuse versus NC State. That'll be a really interesting game Wednesday at noon. And then UNC comes in as the sixth seed. So they'll play the winner of Notre Dame and Wake Forest on Wednesday night, the late game at 9 p.m. From there, the quarterfinals, uh, Tyler, your team, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, they got a double bye. So they'll play uh, Thursday at 2.30 as the four seed. Uh, Virginia's the one seed. Uh, Florida State is the two seed, and Virginia Tech is the three seed. So from there, the semifinals will be on Friday, and the championship game will be on Saturday at 8.30. Fingers crossed for all teams involved that everyone is healthy, everyone is safe, they're able to play the whole tournament, because I think it should be a really exciting tournament if they're able to pull it off. Tyler, which game, which matchup, what are you most excited to see for the ACC tournament? Real quick, I want to mention something about Virginia Tech. People are pissed that they were the three seed. Virginia Tech is giving, they've had COVID, and they're giving every team in the league COVID. And going down the stretch, listen to their schedule. FSU postponed because of COVID. Louisville postponed because of COVID. UNC postponed because of COVID. Then they played Georgia Tech and lost. They beat Wake. Then they had their game against Louisville and NC State canceled because of COVID. So, Virginia Tech had five of their last seven games postponed or canceled because they couldn't get it under control. And they're the three seed. And look, listen to the teams I mentioned. Louisville, UNC, Florida State, and Louisville, again. Some of the top teams <laughs> in the conference, and they just didn't have to play them. And they finished three. A lot of people are pissed about that. So, yeah, I think that's going to come to bite them in the ass, to be honest with you. Um, I look at UNC. I think they'll beat – Notre Dame's going to beat Wake Forest. And UNC, Notre Dame's playing well, but they're so damn small down low that um, UNC should handle them pretty pretty well. I think UNC is going to beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech hasn't been playing. They're going to be rusty. And then it's interesting. Is UNC going to be playing Florida State, Duke, or Louisville? Probably Florida State. And the thing with UNC is they look good, but they have yet to be consistent. Because UNC didn't get a double bye, they have to win three games, right? Three games to win. So different if you get a double bye, you don't have to play two games well. But now I got to play three. So I don't think they make it out of the quarterfinals, but um, or the semis. Sorry, I think they're losing the semis. Duke, I think, goes down to Florida State um, in the quarters. I'm really interested in the top half of the bracket because this is where Virginia and Georgia Tech are. Which Georgia Tech is dangerous, but Virginia is playing well. Just beat Louisville by ten. I want to go out on a limb and pick Georgia Tech to win, win it all, but um, I don't know. I just think Virginia has been the most consistent this year, and Tony Bennett has his team playing well at the right time. So they had a little dip in the season, and then they've been playing well of late. And I think it was a good morale boost for them to hang on and come back and win the regular season. So I look at Virginia, and I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to somehow pull off winning the ACC regular season and the ACC tournament.
Tyler, quick note there. You said UNC has to win three games. They actually have to win four to win the championship. Three right. games to get them into the championship game, four to win it all. I think Virginia is a good pick. I think it's a safe pick. If you're a betting man, I would probably put money on Virginia. I'm going a little against the grain. I want to mix things up. I'm going to go ahead and say Louisville is my pick for ACC champion. Here's why. Louisville has had the weirdest, one of the weirdest, we just talked about Virginia Tech, one of the weirdest seasons uh, in ACC play for Louisville with all their COVID pauses. But they're an extremely talented team, and Carly Jones in the ACC tournament setting, it takes great guard play to win in these types of tournaments. Uh, I think he is someone who could carry Louisville over the finish line in some close games. Louisville is the seventh seed, so they would have to get past most likely Duke in their first game, and then they would have to win three additional games in order to be the ACC champion. So they'd probably have to beat Florida State, then Virginia Tech, then Virginia. But it's not impossible. They played uh, Virginia recently. They played Virginia yesterday, and they, they lost by 10, but it wasn't a blowout. And Virginia, so 10 is like 40 points for, the, for them. That, that's true. Hey, they, listen, lost, they lost almost as much as they did to UNC against Virginia. Listen, the, view, the listeners of the podcast, they want hot takes. I'm giving a hot take. I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying Louisville. I, I, I respect it because they have a hellish path forward. Florida State, Duke, Virginia Tech or UNC, then probably Georgia Tech or Virginia. I mean, hey, hats off to it. They deserve it if they win that. Absolutely. It's going to be a really exciting tournament. I am looking forward to it. It's kicking off a really exciting time of March as well because after this weekend with the conference tournaments, we get the first weekend of March Madness, which starts on Friday this year, I believe. It's a little bit weird with everyone being in the same spot in Indianapolis for the tournament. So it's going to be an exciting month of basketball. Tyler, any final thoughts about the AC Surrey tournament before we wrap up tonight? John, what are the odds for Duke winning outright and getting a – a bid. So Duke winning outright, they have UNC's journey is long. Duke's is almost impossibly long. It's really, yep. really hard to win five games in five days. It's been done before, but I don't know if Duke is deep enough as a team to sustain that many games in that many days. Tyler, do you have any hope? Is there a 1% chance? Do you believe it at all? Uh, no, not after not after last night. I, th- I thought going in, if um, Duke won, they only had to win a couple games. I don't even know if they would have had to beat Florida State, even though Lenardi said they did. But going into that game, I'd hope, because they had two tough losses, and like back-to-back losses in overtime, Louisville and then Georgia Tech, but they were playing well. Um, but they just looked like crap last night, and I don't see them flipping the switch. Case, like I said, does, still doesn't have a handle on this team. So I think the lower part of this bracket is w- much harder, much more difficult than the upper part, and Duke's got to play every single day in that lower part. So I really don't even have 1% chance. I was just curious if uh, what your thoughts on it was. I was trying to find the odds for it. Plus, probably like 2,000 Duke wins the uh, ACC tournament. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I would assume something like that. Yeah, I, uh, 
I don't think this is the year. Duke is always in contention to win these tournaments, but I just don't think this is the year. Uh, I'm going to look really quick to see if I can find the odds um, before we wrap up. I think, okay, so here it is. It looks like KenPalm.com is giving Duke a 3.6% chance to win the championship. Uh, Florida State has a 25% chance. Virginia also has a 25% chance. And then Georgia Tech with a 13% chance. Um, North Carolina, around 10% chance, and then it goes down from there. The, the Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons, they're the team with the lowest odds this year. Uh, sorry, Tyler, but it's probably not the year for Wake Forest, probably not the year for Duke as well. But that's interesting to see um, just how those, those shake out. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think UNC has a, has a chance. Um, it's going to be challenging for UNC, but I think UNC is a pretty deep team at this stage in the season, the way Walker Kessler has come on. So even though I didn't pick UNC, I picked Louisville. I think uh, UNC... You have hope, and you don't want to jinx your team. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I think UNC is going to perform well in this tournament, and it's a springboard into the NCAA tournament. There's going to be a lot to talk about with that next week, talking about seeding, uh, recapping the ACC tournament. Who knows what will happen between now and then? I mean, who knows? The whole top half of the bracket could get COVID, and Duke could coast into the championship. Anything could happen. So They don't uh, even know if Virginia Tech's going to be playing. Yeah. So it's, it's, My it's last thought is, wild. John, can, if Duke, um, say they beat Louisville, beat Florida State, beat Virginia Tech or UNC, and lose to, like, Virginia in the championship, are those three quality wins enough to be on the bubble and get in or no? Just yes or no, what do you think? I don't think so. I think Duke is so far off the bubble. I think they've dug themselves too deep a hole. But I, I could be wrong. I, I agree. I, what, yeah. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that'll be enough. But I just. I think it would put them back on the bubble. And the the interesting rule this year for the NCAA tournament is if a team is out because of COVID anywhere anytime during the tournament, the, the bubble teams now are replacing these teams that um, have to leave because of COVID, no matter the seating. So. Wouldn't it be like funny if Gonzaga got COVID again and then Duke jumped in as a one seed? That like <laughs> just like crazy scenarios could pop up. That's just it's just funny to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Literally anything could happen. If that happens, I'm gonna be talking so much shit about how Duke's <laughs> a one seed and USC's a ten seed because you know it'd be, if it was reversed, you guys would do the same thing. Absolutely, and you know we have to you know remind our listeners as well. UNC did not miss the NCAA tournament last year, so this would be. Duke missing the NCAA tournament, which, you know, doesn't happen very often. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> the team that wasn't even making the NIT, historically bad. Now you can say I didn't even make – the team's was a cancel. I get it. I get it. All right, John, go ahead and uh, remind the listeners where they can listen to us every week, follow us on Twitter. We'll go ahead and uh, look forward to this ACC tournament. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, search for Tar Devils Podcasts. We're also tar, at Tar Devils Pod on Twitter, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the ACC tournament. Make sure to fill out your brackets, and we will talk to you all next week after Selection Sunday for next week's pod. Thank you.